We thank you so much for all that we can be thankful for, Lord, that we can praise you for. Uh, thank you for what you are doing, Lord, and that you would be with this service this evening and that you would be honored and glorified even through this service as well. It's in your precious and holy name that we pray. Amen. Go ahead and join me in standing one last hymn for this evening. Need, but hopefully the Lord can even use that and uh, supply the need there at Riverhead, uh, the need of a pastor. Um, let's go ahead and turn in our Bibles, and we're going to examine the story in our, our Bibles of a, a man who was not happy when trusting and obeying God, and he, he did not obey God. Uh, and even when he did, he wasn't very happy about it. So if you would, turn in your Bibles to Jonah, Jonah chapter 2, a story that probably many, if not all of us, are familiar with. But I'm going to, we want, I want to read through his prayer from the belly of the whale and even just examine specifically one verse in this story and compare it to the whole story. Uh, just something that, as I was reading through, popped out and at least to me seems like the theme of the whole book in one way or another and we'll approach the whole book in that way but starting in Jonah chapter 2 I'll read through his whole prayer here Jonah chapter 2 verse 1 it says this then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said I cried by reason of mine affliction unto the Lord And he heard me out of the belly of hell, cried I, and thou heardest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep, into the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me about, even to the soul, the depths The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottoms of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. And then he sums up his whole situation there. Verse 7. When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. And this is the verse, verse 8 is the verse that, really arrested my attention and I challenge as a, a theme throughout the book in one way or another, and we'll examine that even tonight. Verse 8, he says, and this is part of his prayer, it says, They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that, that, that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Let's read that verse one more time, and then we'll open the message with a prayer. Verse 8 says, They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that we can be here in your house, and even this Sunday night as we take time to praise you, Lord, during the service, and time at the end of the service just to lift up requests for you to you. We pray that you take even this time, God, this time centered around your word and the preaching of your word, that you would uh, allow me to step aside, God, that it would be the truth of your word that would be portrayed, that you would give us uh, your truth, Lord, your truth, the truth of your word, and something to go home with and apply it to our lives more than just on a, a Sunday or a Thursday night when we're gathered here together, but that we would live it, God, that your truth would be 
played out in our lives. Pray that you would be honored and glorified through the message today. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. And as I was saying that reading through here, it's, it's a story that most of us are familiar with. The prophet of God who did not want to take the message of God to the people that God had said to send. Go. Simple enough. That Jonah had received the message of God. God said, go. And he went the other way. And so if we start and we look at chapter 1, we see that Jonah had received the message from the Lord. God had told him to go to Nineveh. A long trek. God sent him as a missionary to the capital of Assyria. Now, the Israelites were not very uh, excited about the Assyrians at this time. The Assyrians were starting to grow in strength. The Assyrians would become one of their biggest enemies. The Assyrians would be the ones who would completely wipe out the northern uh, tribes, uh, the nation of Israel, uh, leaving Judah by itself. The, The Jews did not like the Assyrians at all. And whatever reason or not, Jonah only gives one reason in this book as to why he did not want to go. And it's very depressing in a way that Jonah in chapter 4, we'll get there eventually, but he says that he did not want to go to Nineveh because he knew that God would forgive him. What a shame. Uh, The preacher of God's word, the bearer of good news, did not want to take the good news to the people who needed it because he knew they needed it. But so we, we examine Jonah and Jonah, he receives the word of the Lord. You know, God tells him in verse two of chapter one, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city and cry against it for their wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah, arose, Jonah rose up. And you would hope that would be good that Jonah rose up to go and read like all the other prophets of his day that he rose up to proclaim the word of God. But no, in verse 3, and we know well that Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And it's interesting that it states that over and over and over that Jonah fleed He ran away from the presence of the Lord. He sought to get away from God. And yet even when the storm rises, as we know the story that Jonah's on the boat with these fishermen and a storm comes up, a storm so great that these experienced fishermen are so afraid, these experienced men of the sea are afraid that they're going to lose their lives. They wake him up. They say, pray to your God. Maybe he'll have mercy on us. We've been praying to ours. They finally come to a situation where they realize, they cast lots. God allows them to realize and find out that Jonah is the reason they're going through this. Jonah is the reason God's trying to get his attention with this storm. And Jonah is the reason why they're going through these difficulties. And when Jonah tells them that, he says, he explains it to them. In verse 9, he says this, and he said unto them, I am in Hebrew. And I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, which hath made the sea and the dry land. So Jonah rose up to flee from the presence of the Lord, the Lord who had made the heaven, made the seas, made the dry land. You think that Jonah would realize that if he was running from the Lord who made everything, that God would know where he was. 
Jonah knew that he couldn't flee from the actual presence of God, that God wasn't just in one spot and that he ran away. And as if he could run away, then he was far from God. But rather, he ran away from the very will of God, from the very presence of God in his life. And that Jonah was running from obedience to God. And so Jonah ran away. And, and as we know through the ch- first chapter, he says, it's my fault. Throw me into the sea and it'll all be solved. And the fisher, these men of the sea, they try to do what they can to get them out of it. But they come to a worst case scenario. They say, okay, fine. And they throw Jonah into the sea. And that's it. As far as the fishermen know, Jonah's dead. It never continues on. The fishermen, they throw him into the sea. And then it calms. They don't see Jonah anymore. But the sea is now calm. But it's interesting to see that though the prophet of God who chose to deny the call of God and take the word of God to the people who needed it, that these men on the boat who prayed to their various gods, prayed to the people that prayed to idols, that now they saw the power of God. And that even through the prophet of God running from his call, even through that opportunity that these men come to fear the Lord, and that they come into that knowledge, personal relationship with God, that in verse 16 it says that the men, then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows that even through Jonah's disobedience, God showed his mercy unto these men. And they came unto that knowledge of the Lord. But that if we take, as I said, that verse and and apply it even to chapter 1, verse 8 of chapter 2 says, They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. That Jonah, he observed, that word observe is is the word keep or to guard, to hold on to tightly. And it would be the same word that when Adam was commanded to keep the garden or when those in the law were commanded to keep the law. They were to hold on to it tightly. They were to, to observe it. They were to do it. That they that observe lying vanities hold on to the most vain of veins. It's not just vain. It's not just pointless. But it's completely untrue. And it's vain. That they that hold on to, they that observe lying vanities forsake. That word forsake contrasts with the word observe. And that forsake means to relinquish. To let go. So they that hold on to, they that observe lying vanities, forsake their own mercy. And we see in chapter 1, Jonah observing, holding on to the lying vanity that he could run from the will of God and be alright. That, that he could flee from the very presence of God and everything would be okay. That God would, God would understand. He's, he, God had called him to a specific task and He tried to run so that God couldn't use him. He tried to run so that God would not be able to find him. And yet, even through that, God found him. God chastised him. God tried to bring him back to him. God gave him an opportunity for Jonah to say, It's my fault. I'm sorry, Lord. And we don't know. That would be more of hearsay. But I can imagine that God was giving him an opportunity to repent on the boat. And maybe the storm would have calmed if Jonah had said, I'm sorry, Lord, I'll go. But instead, Jonah says, 
throw me overboard. I would rather die than go back. So the men do. And and then we find him in chapter 2. Ironically, as Jonah says, throw me overboard and is expecting to die. We see that last verse in chapter 1. Now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Jonah was trying to run away from the very call of God as best as he could. And at every turn, God found him and God would not let him do what he was trying to do. That even in trying to escape God's call through death, God provided a way of escape. God showed his mercy to Jonah and kept him alive. And the belly of a whale and the belly of the fishes, Jonah, as it's put here, that this fish swallows him up and Jonah realizes the mercy of God. And that's what his prayer is about. Jonah prays and he recognizes that through even his affliction, God was trying to get his attention, that God had heard him. And God just wanted to teach him that to trust. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey just to what we sang about. That Jonah would only find true peace in his relationship with God by just obeying God's word. Not just as simple knowing what God has asked him to do, but being obedient to it. And through this verse, Jonah prays and he tells God, okay, fine. I understand that it is vain for, for me to observe that lying vanity that I can run away from God's call. That, that lying vanity that I'll be okay doing my own thing. And so he surrendered to go and do that which he had vowed. That's what verse 9 was talking about. I will sacrifice unto thee with a voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that I have vowed. Jonah tells God, I will go do what you have asked me to do. Because he knows that they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. That God was trying to show his mercy to the Ninevites. To the, the people of Assyria, that they had forsaken the mercy of God because they were holding to their own vanities, their own vanities of, of their own personal God that they were trying to serve. And God wanted to show them their wickedness and by sending Jonah. And Jonah said, Fine, I will go. And then we see that the fish spits him up, and what a sight Jonah must have been. People have mused and, and thought about the, what he must have looked like, his skin bleached and, and the stench. I mean, we know fish smell, but he was inside a fish for three days, so he must have smelled awful. And he makes the trip to Nineveh, and we see in chapter 3, the Lord do a mighty work. That in verse 4, we see Jonah's message as he's been a day's journey into the, into the city, and he has a simple sermon. Shorter than any sermon you probably have ever heard. It's eight words and that's it. And his sermon is this. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey and he cried and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That's it. That's all that we know that Jonah said. No, Jonah cries out and he says, You're wicked. Your city's going to be destroyed. But God had already been doing a work in the heart of the people. And you see that in their response, that, that the people of Nineveh, verse 5, and the people of Nineveh believed God. 
and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them, even to the least of them. For the word came unto the king of Nineveh and he arose from his throne and he laid his robe from off him and covered him with sackcloth and sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, let neither man nor beast herd nor flock taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water, but let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn every one from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And I ask it this way, maybe that the king was saying, he said, you know, who will tell if God will turn and repent and turn away his fierce anger? Basically he's saying, who will know, who, who can tell if we turn from our way, maybe God will be merciful to us. Maybe God will show his mercy. We deserve it. Uh, we've heard the message of this prophet who smells and, and looks terrible. This prophet who just declares gloom and doom to the city and we know that we're wicked. And they repented and they saw God's mercy. That in verse 10, it summarizes and said that God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them and he did it not. That we see even the truth in the Old Testament that they confessed their sins and God was faithful and just to forgive them their sins and to cleanse them from all unrighteousness. They came and they, they repented of what they were doing. They, they turned from their sins and God forgave them. God forgave them. The, the people that Jonah thought were the most wicked people that he did not want to go to for whatever reason that they saw and they found salvation through this preacher that didn't even want to come to them. And so in the light of that verse, that they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy, the Ninevites, that the, the people of Assyria saw that when they forsook their lying vanities, when they forsook their evil way, when they relinquished, they let go of their sins. They repented from that and they turned to observe God's ways. When they flipped that verse around, they forsook what they finally realized was vain and was not true and that the one true God was the Lord. And they observed that. They saw God's mercy. And so to turn the verse around, they found that they that observe God's mercy... They that forsake lying vanities observe mercy. They see God's hand in their life. And I wish, as many of us, if we were just reading through this story, it seems like a great spot. God provided victory. He provided salvation. Jonah even said that in his prayer, that salvation is of the Lord. Brought salvation to the city. How great would it be for the story to just end there? But it doesn't. I mean, it it really does for the people of Nineveh and the people of Assyria and later generations would come along and they'd turn back just as the nation of Israel and the nation of Judah would do. Even throughout this time, they would turn to God and turn back and turn to God and turn back. And we see through history that the, the Assyrian people would turn back to their wicked way. But for the time being, the story ends very well for these Gentile people who came to know the Lord. But then we see some insider 
notes of Jonah in chapter 4. That it, verse 1, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. What? Well, he saw these people repent of their sins. He, he saw that God forgave them, and it displeased Jonah. Jonah, and then he prays to God. Verse 2, and he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish. For I knew thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me. For it is better for me to die than to live. Jonah was unhappy that God was willing to forgive the sins of these people. These people that Jonah had apparently come to despise and not wanted to see them forgiven. He wanted to see them destroyed. And that's why he ran. He ran because he did not want to see God forgive them. And so Jonah here is so caught up in his, himself and his own desires that he fails to see God's very heart for the people. Jonah was most likely like the Jews of his day as well, who thought that God had chosen them, and they were God's special people. And that was very true, that God had chosen them for a specific purpose, and as he had set aside Abraham. And that God had chosen the Israelites, the, the Jewish people, for a purpose. But that purpose was to show his love and his mercy to them, so that his love and mercy and his kindness and his salvation could be shown to the rest of the world. And that's even our commission today as, as the church is that we're to go and preach and tell others about the salvation that Jesus Christ has provided on the cross. It's that same message that God had set aside these people, but they had gotten so caught up in being God's chosen people that they had shunned even the fact of anybody else. And yet, God was trying to show Jonah and even through the, the, the story of the gourd, that God grows up a, some shade for him and then sends a worm to devour the gourd. And then the sun beats down upon Jonah. That even while Jonah was having a pity party outside of the city, that God showed his mercy in the hot sun. And yet Jonah forsook it. Jonah continued to sit and to pout. And to deny what God had done was good. And, jo- and God confronts him. Verse 9, God set, ends, really the book ends this way with, with a question mark. Verse 9, and God said to Jonah, Dost thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do well to be angry, even unto death. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd, for the which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow which came up in a night and perished in a night. He says, Jonah, you had pity on something you had absolutely no control over that you didn't even make, that you were just happy was there. And yet, verse 11, And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand and also much cattle. God says, if you had so much care for this plant that you had nothing to do with, 
shouldn't I care about the people that I created? That was God's message. God was trying to show Jonah his very heart. God's heart was to show mercy to all men. And we know that, that from even the beginning when man fell into sin, that God told them there would be a day, there would come a Savior to forgive them of their sins. That, and we know, and because we, we have the full revelation of God's Word, that that day came, that Jesus Christ came as we just came out of the Christmas season celebrating the day of His birth, that Jesus came and He died on the cross to forgive us of our sins so that all could be saved, that all could be forgiven. For whosoever means everybody. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And even in this story, the prophet of God who just didn't get it, God was trying to show him. You're holding on to your own pride. You're holding on to your own self-righteousness saying, well, I'm a better person because I'm a Jew. I'm a better person. I don't want to see them forgiven because I want to happen what I want to happen holding on to that lying vanity. And yet, because he didn't want to show God's mercy to the Ninevites, he himself rejected God's mercy in his life. That we see the, we end the story with this question mark. Isn't it better for me to show my mercy to those which I've created? And that's how it ends. We see Jonah sitting, pouting outside the city. God rebuking him for his his pride and his, his arrogance. And that's, about it. That's all the good that we hear about Jonah from there on. And how sad that someone who had been called to be a prophet of the Lord ends his story here, preserved in the Word of God forever, as the one who pouted and didn't want to take God's Word to the people who needed it the most. So caught up in himself, so upset, even when they received God's Word. Let us not get to that point where we would hold on to lying vanities. The, those things which not only are vain and pointless, but very untrue. To say that I know the, the, the biggest vanity is our pride. To say that I know better than God. Really, that comes down to it is that Jonah, even though he was the prophet of God, he wanted to make the decision. That he wanted to decide what would happen to the people of Nineveh. He wanted to decide. That's why he ran what he did with his life. Who knows he, where, why he was going to Tarshish. Maybe he said, well, I'll just go talk to them. Or maybe I can just, I can run. I don't need to be a prophet anymore. I'm done. That inevitably we see that Jonah wanted to make the decision for himself. That even when he repented in the belly of the fish, he said, okay, God, I'll do what you want me to do. But he didn't do it with, a, with God's heart. That he was obedient as far as obedience can go without actually truly obeying God. He was, he was standing up on the outside but sitting down on the inside. That Jonah had a heart of pride and holding on to the fact, the lying vanity to say that I can make the decision myself and I know what's better for me and I can do what I want to do and make the choice. But as we just sing... There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And that God's mercy can be found when we forsake that lying vanity and we realize that salvation, even as Jonah had said in his prayer, that salvation truly is of the Lord. 
that God came to seek and to save that which was lost? That for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved? That God came to seek and to save this whole world if they would but hear and they would but receive him? And we have the task of taking that to the world. We have that task. We have the commission as the church of God to go ye therefore and teach all nations to, to tell them the word of God that Jesus Christ came and he died for their sins, whether they want to hear it or not, whether we're afraid to tell them or not. And Jonah just says this was one reason that he didn't want to go was because he knew that they might forget that God would forgive them if they said they would repent. And I hope that, that would never be our heart, but that we would have the heart that Jonah would didn't, that we would forsake that lying vanity, that we can obey God. That we should obey God, not only out of obedience sake, not only because we know we're going to get it, we're going to see the chastisement of the Lord, or we're going to see a great storm in our life and we're going to get thrown overboard, or, but that we would obey God with his heart, we would trust and obey, for there is no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. That God's word is true and that we can Share it and take it to a lost and dying world that needs it the most. Because if we forsake those lying vanities, we receive God's mercy just as we have. We, we had to forsake that lying vanity that I can be saved on my own. And when we did, we received God's mercy and we saw God's forgiveness. And we can praise the Lord for salvation. But now we need to recognize too. And I know we do. We have visitation and, and many come to that but that we would be reminded of daily to take that word to a lost and dying world that themselves are holding on to that lying vanity, trying to enter into heaven on their own, trying to make it on their own and to show them that God's mercy comes from them forsaking their own way and accepting that it is finished, the finished work of Jesus Christ. So can I just encourage you, as this, this is a book of a, of a missionary prophet, that we are called to be missionaries in our city, and that we are called to take God's word, and that we would forsake our own will, forsake our own way, and receive God's mercy, and re- take God's mercy to the people that need it the most so that they could forsake it as well, so they could receive God's mercy. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your word. God, I pray that uh, your promise would reside true, that your word would not return void, God, that even if I was unclear, and that I, you would put me out of the way, that your word would do a work in our lives and our hearts, God, that you would be honored and glorified. Lord, we pray that your will would be done. It's in your name that we pray. And before we finish that prayer, just a simple time of invitation, if The Lord's done a work in your heart Um, before we go into our prayer time this evening just to give an opportunity to speak with the Lord this evening.